It's 8pm Tuesday, February the 11th, 2020 and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. evening and you're very welcome to tonight's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on this evening's programme we pay a visit to Limerick City to meet Patricia Roberts at One Perry Square, a beautiful boutique hotel in the Georgian quarter of the city and we'll be delving into the archives this evening and heading back to 2015 to get a welcome reminder about some delicious dishes we can make at home to celebrate Valentine's and that is thanks to Chef Barry Liscombe. But before we hear more, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can make contact by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and I'm on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So hoteliers across the country face daily challenges attracting guests to their properties and one such property that sets itself apart thanks to its ongoing innovation and staying ahead of the curve is One Perry Square in Limerick City. I paid a visit last week to see their latest new space and enjoyed a catch up with owner Patricia Roberts. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Patricia, it's a bit late in the year to be saying Happy New Year now that we're in February. And as always, there's so much going on here at One Perry Square. You're always innovating, developing. And the latest addition that I'm aware of is the long room, which looks absolutely fabulous. Just describe it to the listeners. Sure. Um, With the long room, the long room opened in the autumn of 2019. I, I guess it was a project that has been in the making for the last six years because it is... The, um, the length of the building um, it overlooks Barrington Street which is a beautiful um, vista especially in the evening with the floodlit Georgian buildings um, it has eight beautiful uh, Georgian windows um, so lots of great daylight as well and the concept behind the long room is to provide our guests with m- more of a heart to the hotel um, and to the number one Perry Square um, visit um, I guess it's um, as I call it, rather than the word casual, more flexible dining. Um, the menu there, it's um, like we've always been passionate about using local, um, but it's using more, more locally um, produced uh, produce and inspired dishes, but in a, in a much more probably informal, casual way. Um, so simple things like our menu is broken down into snacks, small plates, sharing boards, um, hearty sandwiches, main courses. So there's lots of flexibility there. So if you decide you want to share four or five small plates as your supper um, with some nice um, small glasses of wine. Um, so it's very flexible. It's not, um, we're not forcing guests to have a standard three-course table d'hote menu. It's flexibility around what you want to eat and the timing you want to eat. We serve food there all day. Um, like a sample of our small plates would be um, peeled mushrooms on buttered sourdough, um, ham hock terrines with, um, with celeriac remoulade, um, 
we have a scotch egg with piccalilli, which is um, a, a big hit actually, scotch egg. <laughs> and we, you know, homemade piccalillis, lovely bit of spice to it. Simple, like a burn oak smoked salmon plate. Um, simple food, um, present it well. And I suppose alongside that, then we have a wine preservation system in the long room actually, which allows us to do up to 22 wines by the glass. And we offer guests a small glass, a standard glass, and a carafe and a bottle. Um, so there's flexibility in the wine experience as well. Because I guess um, you know it's nice to be able to, if you're if you're having three or four different small plates, it's nice to be able to have three or four small glasses. So you can have a really nice small glass of of a white Burgundy for six euros. Um, so they're things that are not always accessible to the customer. And you've said to me before about the importance of innovating and changing and moving with the times. So whenever you go back to whenever the hotel first opened, this menu and using locally sourced ingredients from local suppliers and I know like you're a huge advocate for Limerick suppliers in particular I noticed for example Addy Flynn juice is on the drinks menu there is is that something that has changed a lot from day one here at the hotel uh, no no we've always done that but I don't think we've talked about it enough um, whereas now it's very much the thing and lots of people talk about it and and I think our um, you know everybody's much more educated around food now than what they were a few years ago I, I suppose that was always that was a driving that was a passion of myself to use local that was one of the reasons we opened the hotel and food business here um, so we've always done that but but there's more now there's much more and it's much more exciting and much more things to use I, I think we got the last three boxes of the last season of Fatty Flynn apples yesterday oh very good <laughs> yeah. for a roulade that uh, Martha's making in the kitchen nice apple roulade with the raisin puree which is going on our new spring menu um, this weekend um, so it's great and you know it's great for the team as well to be inspired by, by all of that um, you know and while it hasn't changed there's just more which is great there's a bigger larder to choose from locally yeah which is great and it is. I know that you do spend a lot of time on the road then visiting those suppliers going to events that they might yeah. host themselves uh-huh. at their different sites and I think the network in Limerick is fantastic it like is. everybody kind of knows each mm. other and if somebody new comes sure. on board we're yeah. very keen to, yeah. to spread the word well West them. Limerick is very much awake now um, you know the new belly goat's cheese has been a huge hit for us um, and as it has been for many other people in the city um, we've been getting leaves from Dune um, the community garden out in Dune um, which we, our team did visit one day and it's fantastic just to see how they have turned a secondary school convent into a, a fantastic community garden um, it really is and um, and great leaves and great produce and a great supply and, and all of that so yeah there's so much more yeah, there's so much more there was always key things missing whereas now we have everything um, and I think um, that's what our customers want that's what they want when they're out locally they want something taste I think is much is becoming top of the list overpriced and whilst Daddy Flynn might be known for its juice, it actually does have a lot of other produce there, which I think it maybe only sells to select customers. So mm. it's always great to hear about chefs using it, the juice, to make dishes. And last oh, yeah. week, for example, yeah. uh-huh. at the launch of the new Limerick brand, which sure. I know you've been involved sure. in as well, yes. it was great to see all the different dishes yeah, there. And the Daddy Flynn yeah. panna cotta yeah. was fantastic. Lovely. Absolutely. I'm very impressed with the new Limerick brand, as I'm sure you are too. Mm-hmm. What benefit do you think it's going to, to give to you as a business? 
Well, for me personally, I, I just feel reignited by it all. Um, I think it's giving us that um, identity um, in a very planned way. Um, you know, the whole, you know, they've drawn on the history, the heritage, the culture of the city. They've drawn on our existing strengths to create the new brand. And I, I just think it's really, really good. I, I suppose I have had probably more of an insight into it than many. Um, and I know, um, you know, that it takes time to understand where all these things are, how they're developed and why they're developed. But I, I do believe that it'll give us an international stage. I do believe it. But I believe it's, you know, for all of us as individual, whether business owners, employees, as ambassadors, to, to buy in and, and to use it as well. I think know. that's absolutely yeah. critical. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's going to like somebody's outfit or the way their hair is no. done. And it's the same no, no, with no, the brand. No, no, but that doesn't no, no. matter. Yeah. It, yeah. I think overall yeah. it is so important uh-huh. for everybody to get behind it, not to be bitching and cribbing about it, oh. as, as some people tend to do, mm-hmm. but to realise the benefits that mm-hmm. it can bring to mm-hmm. the city and mm-hmm. county and it, it really sets us apart on a global basis absolutely you know I have you know looking at some of the um, photography around the new brand and how they're they're rolling what they're rolling out now even in Cara magazine this month there's a you know pictures of the river and the activity on the river it's just if, if you didn't know that was Limerick you'd say I want to go there and to me that's powerful and it's actually quite emotional just to see it because how others view the city and um, I was fortunate enough to meet the team behind the brand creation and their wows of Limerick and listen to their stories um, from their visits and you know and that's it really it's the outside eyes looking in and what they see is what we need to focus more on when we're when we're selling the experience but I do believe I do believe Limerick will be the hottest city in, in the next two to three years. And you mentioned earlier about the Georgian building here. You yes. are in a uh-huh. very special part of the city, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. only a stone's throw away from the hub of it. It's yes. no distance yeah. at uh-huh. all. Uh-huh. But there's something very unique about the Georgian Quarter here. There is, and you know, we, we are the Georgian Quarter of the city. It is very unique. It's very beautiful. Um, you know, there's lots of things happening. We now have. Um, uh, two owners who've purchased Georgian buildings who are moving into them who are creating beautiful living spaces in Georgian buildings um, which is wonderful it really wakes up the whole Georgian quarter but also I see you know I see you know, there's a huge awakening on Nicholas Street with the, the brewery and the castle and I, I, I do believe um, within the next few years there'll be a natural pathway from Nicholas Street right up to the Georgian quarter and as a tourist that's what you will want to do and our Georgian quarter visitors we will make sure they do that pathway right down to there as well and take in the riverside and and that's the city you know we just need to knit it together that little bit better and um you know we're a gateway to the wild atlantic way and i think everybody wants to be at the gateway um at some part of their trip um but there's also so much you can do from here so uh, the georgian quarter is no doubt about it it is special and it's um you know when you have all this built heritage here it um it's, it's very special and, and then the park which is a very unique um, thing to have um, and I think our guests are lucky they get to enjoy it but it's the connection with the rest of the city is, is what's really important and your rooms then here mm. the bedrooms the guest mm-hmm. rooms are done in such a way that they're very sympathetic to the Georgian era they are um, there we have the four period rooms here which are all called after people who lived at the house Sophia Vanderkist who was one of the Tontine shareholders we have a room after her the Lord and Lady Barrington and then we have our club rooms which are called are all called after famous Irish literary um, people in the literary world 
world. Um, we have the Heaney Room, which Seamus Heaney stayed in himself on a couple of occasions. Wow. And, it's, and that just gets to give people a sense of the location. But yes, they are simple athletically. We're very lucky. We have lots of daylight and, and pretty good vistas from the majority of the rooms. And But really, above all, it's the peacefulness of the of the of the Georgian Square here, you have to say, you hear the birds rather than the traffic. But you still have the advantages of being so close oh, to yeah. the city centre. Brown yeah, Thomas you, within five minutes. Yeah, you kind you of know. have it all, really. You do. Yeah, yeah, you certainly do. And we have our own car park. <laughs> 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 a luxury for a, for a city centre hotel. <laughs> How many bedrooms do you have at the moment? Um, we have uh, 20 bedrooms. And you're 20 bedrooms. adding some more? We're, on, we're hoping to add another two bedrooms this okay. year. Um, heritage style bedrooms so again for, for, for people coming back to stay again it's another experience yes and we've also added um, we've eight treatment rooms downstairs in the original vaults in our spa and um, we have we've recently just added a whole load of new spa retreat packages um, for day spa visitors so many people come from the county and from um Tipperary and, and Clare, you know, the surrounding within 45 minute drive for day spa here in Georgia Limerick, which is great. You know, there's so much for them. You know, they're escaping to the city. They're having a, a heritage spa experience, experience, which is very wellness led, but yet they have the city on on their, you know, there to to visit and to and, and to enjoy as as well as well as part of their day out. And with Valentine's Day fast Valentine's approaching Day. and Mother's yeah. Day next yeah. month, that sounds like yeah, an we're idea. doing a special Gift. afternoon tea for Valentine's. It's on a Friday this year, um, so for people finishing that a little bit earlier in the evening or a late tea, um, we're doing a special Valentine's tea up in the drawing room. Um, I'm sure we'll all be loved up. Um, <laughs> so that'll be really nice. It's a special room anyway, the drawing room. It has the open fire, the log fire. It overlooks the, the park and it is a very romantic setting. So afternoon tea up there. And then for we'll be doing a special Mother's Day afternoon tea in March and lunch at Sash Restaurant. Lots going on, as mm-hmm. we can hear from yes. the background. New water pipes. <laughs> It's, it's great to come and visit again because it's a while since I've been here just to see the new developments. And thanks so much for having me. Thank and you. If people want Thank to find out more about Valentine's Day, the spa, sure. the long room, where's yeah. the best place for uh, them to one, go to? OnePerrySquare.com. One R in Perry. OnePerrySquare.com. And we have our new spa brochure is up there with all the spa treats and all of the details of all our events. The new website actually just launched since December. Fantastic. Thanks, Thank Patricia. You, Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Welcome back to the best possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we paid a visit to the Georgian Quarter in Limerick City to meet Patricia Roberts in One Perry Square, a wonderful Blue Book Ireland property which is a proud supporter of Limerick Produce and a jewel in Limerick City's crown. If you're just tuning in now you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on Sharon. SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app.
Now in my conversation with Patricia, we were chatting about Valentine's Day, which is this Friday. And if you're not in the mood to head out for the night, you might want to whip up a delicious meal to serve at home. Help is at hand thanks to the best possible taste archives. I've gone back to 2015 when I put a call into Chef Barry Liscombe from Hearts in Kildare, who had a selection of simple recipes to share. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Barry, good to have you on the show this evening. Thank you very much for having me. And you have two lovely dishes that you're going to share all the recipe details with the listeners. Tell us what they are. I do indeed. Well, first off, um, just to start you off, I'm going to be doing a Clare Island organic salmon um, grilled with chorizo, fennel and a white wine butter sauce. And then the follow on from that I'll be doing, which the ladies are going to love, is a white chocolate Malteser mousse. Uh, we can't keep this in the restaurant. It flies out and it's two or three ingredients and it's five minutes and it's done. So the, the only problem with this, Barry, is that you're not in the studio here sharing samples of these dishes with me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could send them down the line. I know, yeah, it would be great. Yeah. So you've chosen these dishes because they're both fairly straightforward and anybody can make them at home. Exactly, exactly. I chose, I chose a fish, basically. You know, being Valentine's, uh, fish is a... It's a it's a delicate thing you know it's a, it, I think if, it, if, if the guys are going to be cooking at home doing a show their sensitive side so leave the steaks and the, you know the, the red meat aside and show that they can cook more delicate things and salmon being salmon it's, it's more robust than a fish so it's it lends itself better to um, you know to, to not going wrong but it, it's a bit more lenient than other fish it's less temperamental so there's less to go wrong with it um, and then obviously chorizo it's fiery it's um, you know to, to give you that it's red it's passionate just to give that kind of a, a flair to your Valentine's meal Very unusual to put salmon and chorizo together I would have thought Yeah um, well we've been doing it for quite a while and it's it's kind of a thing now where I think you're finding a lot of places saying right you have your meat and you have your fish but why not mix them up I mean you'll see pork belly with scallops a lot now you're surfing turf your meat and your beef and your prawns so we just thought, why not chorizo? And you know, we we put chorizo a lot with fish. We'd put it with hake or with um, stone bass or with monkfish. It, it goes fabulously well, especially with the salmon. I find it, it's it's a great um, it's a great accompaniment for it. And whenever the the shopper is going to buy the ingredients, what advice would you give them in terms of choosing salmon? Well, basically, what I would say would be always go for organic. Um, your Clare Island organic salmon would be the top one it's one we always use um, there's no comparison um, as far as flavour and yield as well you get you get much more yield out of fish um, it may cost you that couple of pence more but you know for these special occasions it's, it's definitely worth just going that little extra step and is it is it can it be found in the supermarkets or do you really need to go to the fishmonger for it it would be more of a fishmonger thing yeah I'd say you'll find them in any local fishmonger around um You'll find them also in a couple of specialty shops, but I, I'm sure a few, a few of the supermarkets would stock it. But I would certainly say um, to support the fishmonger as well, it would be, you know, I would definitely take out. And is it salmon fillets or salmon steaks? Uh, salmon fillets, yeah. Now you can get your, your fishmonger to do them up for you, or you can try it yourself. I would recommend getting your fishmonger to do it for you. Uh, just to, he'll fill them up for you in a nice, say, about five, six ounce portions, which is perfect for uh, one person and I, do, I would recommend your fishmonger do that 
Okay, so that's the main part of the dish that you have yeah. to buy. What other ingredients then, as well, well as the chorizo? Right, with the chorizo, we're going to we're going to need fennel seeds. We're going to need some um, uh, real butter, some uh, Kerrygold butter, and also a nice good white wine. Um, a couple of stems of nice purple broccoli and a nice few leaves of fennel. And basically what you're going to do is you're just going to grill your salmon um, underneath your uh, grill, just about 180 for about 10 minutes, about five minutes on each side, depending on the thickness, obviously. Um, and then just literally before it's it's about two or three minutes before it's finished, you're going to, you're going to put the chorizo in there the fennel, uh, the broccoli and the fennel seeds with a bit of the butter and you're going to let that cook out. The vegetables will cook in the juices of the salmon with the chorizo and with the butter and then when that's finished you take the salmon out of the dish, you transfer the ingredients into a pot um, add your white wine, reduce it down a little bit and then you've got yourself your lovely sauce to go with your salmon. So basically you've got your grill plate, one pot and then that's it. There's no real other... um, there's no more pots or pans to be thrown around your kitchen. There's nothing worse, I think, than when you're cooking at home, especially if you're cooking for your for your better half to have three or four pans going at the one time. More to burn, you know yourself. And I think especially whenever it's maybe the the, the half that doesn't do most of the cooking, they do tend to make more of a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what I'd say is, I, I find that kind of, I don't know, maybe it's me touching my feminine side, I'd find... The, the, the mess as well the effort is the romantic part I okay. okay you know it's, 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 it, maybe it's just me being an old romantic but I, the, the more effort that's gone into it regardless of how the meal turns out I think you know shows how much you're, you're trying as well although no one wants to eat burnt food of course but um, definitely I've kept it down to just two, just one or two simple techniques you're just going to grill the fish and then you're just going to cook in one pan and that's it when you grill the fish then if you have skin on it skin side first or not or does it not matter no well what i would do is is a little technique i find if you love your crispy skin if if you don't like skin just take it off and then just grill it without but if you like crispy skin i think it really adds to this you're going to put it skin side down first on the hot on the hot side of the tray you're using and what will happen then is It'll start to kind of crisp on the on the on that side, and then you're going to turn it over, and then it'll crisp up. But if you put it skin side up first, it'll tend to bubble, and then you'll get little uh, the, the bubbles start to burn, and you won't get an even crisp skin. Where if you turn it skin side down first for the first five minutes, and then turn it, you'll get a nice even crispy skin. So can I do this in like a casserole dish and put it under the grill? You can indeed, yeah. Okay. There's no reason why you can't, yeah. I'd recommend something heavy bottomed rather than. Um, I know uh, normal uh, household ovens they come with it's like a very thin sort of baking tray I'd avoid them I'd say a casserole dish would be perfect or just a heavy uh, heavy based uh, pan even So and it has to be a non-stick one then if you want the skin you don't want the skin yeah. to stick to it Yeah there's a technique now we do in a restaurant we don't use non-stick pans for fish there's a technique to get this to have the fish not stick but for at home you'd be best off and if you don't have a non-stick pan, sure, you, you, you get one very you get one very easily down your local supermarket for ten euro even. And just you just want something small, nothing too major, but just to alleviate any uh, room for error, I would definitely recommend a non-stick. And do you season the fish beforehand with a bit of salt and pepper? We do indeed. Yes, I would. Sa- now this is a little thing just for myself. I wouldn't season salt or sorry, season salmon or any fish with pepper. Um, it's, it can be a bit harsh. 
and especially since I'll be adding chorizo with this, I'll give it that spicy kick. I'd leave out the pepper and just a little bit of salt. And just literally before you're about to put it on the pan, not before, because um, what the salt will do is it'll, it'll extract all the moisture from the fish. So just literally just before a sprinkling of sea salt. And the chorizo then, are you cutting it into discs at an yep. angle? Yeah, cut them at a it's, it's all aesthetic, so you can cut them at an angle, you can cut them. What I would recommend, though, is don't cut them too thick. Chorizo can be quite tough, as any kind of charcuterie can be, so nice and thin, say about, um, say, the thickness of a, of a ruler, basically, about a millimetre or two thick. And you can cut them at an angle if you want to get a nice shape, you can kind of stand them up on the salmon or just as nice rounds like a pepperoni. And that's it, yeah, and they literally, they, it cooks so quick, two minutes before the fish is done. Do you take the skin off the chorizo or just leave it on? Oh, leave it on, leave it on, yeah. It's a very it's a very mild skin. It doesn't really, um, once it's cooked, it's barely noticeable. It's like a skin on a sausage. Okay. So we put the fish in and then towards the end, we're adding in the, the fennel seeds and the chorizo and all of that. And then whenever exactly. the fish is cooked, we're putting all those bits and pieces into the... Into the pan, into yeah. And then once, once they come to the boil, then add in, add in your white wine. And then just, just it would only, the vegetables are pretty much cooked. So you just want to bring it to a, bring it to a boil, add your wine, reduce for five minutes, and then add in about a table, about a teaspoon of uh, butter, and then just whisk that in very quick with a fork, and that'll emulsify into the white wine and the juice of chorizo, and you'll get a beautiful. I'll even send a put a put a picture of this dish up, so people can get an idea of the, what I'm talking about. You get a lovely, rich, red kind of fiery buttery uh, sauce and you can serve that then with a few baby boiled potatoes or a yeah. green salad or whatever takes your fancy I would I would recommend yeah whatever you fancy yourself even haricot beans would be lovely with it or chickpeas even are very nice if you want to go with a little bit different uh, baby potatoes um, a nice green salad um, I'd recommend just being Valentine's Day I wouldn't go too much with the starches I'd keep it especially if you're doing maybe a chocolate dessert all the um, you know all the better halves that love their bit of chocolate, you know, so that can be quite heavy. So I'd kind of, I'd keep, steer away from the starches for the main course. Well, let's talk about that chocolate dessert now, because it does yeah. sound divine. White chocolate and Malteser mousse. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute winner, winner. Um, I came across this when I was training for, from a chef and uh, blown away by simplicity, basically. And we had it on in the restaurant and... I t- we we couldn't keep it in. It just absolutely flies out the door. Um, it's basically what you're going to need is for two people 200 grams of white chocolate, a simple bar of cooking chocolate, um, 200 milliliters of fresh cream, um, two egg whites, and a packet of Maltesers. And that's it. There's your ingredients. Um, it's a very easy dish to make. You're basically you want to whisk up your egg whites just until they're about stiff peaks. It won't take you too long. Um, if you have an electric mixer, all the better, but no harm getting your, a bit of elbow, elbow grease in there. Whistle up the soft peaks, set them aside for a moment, and you're basically just going to melt your chocolate um, over um, in a container over some uh, over some boiling water, or you can you can put it in the microwave, either or. And once that's done, you're just going to semi whip the cream, so it's just semi semi whipped. You're basically just going to fold that into the chocolate, and then fold the egg whites into the into that mix bash up a few Maltesers whisk them in and then just sit them in some nice martini glasses or some nice um, wine glasses and there's your dessert and that's it that's it it's as simple as that it's the most sim- I say it's the most for ratio of popularity to simplicity it's the it's the most simplistic dessert we've ever done and it's the most popular as well 
whenever you said about whisking up the egg whites there, um, do you have to be able to put the bowl over your head and they don't fall out of the bowl? Is that when they're ready? No, you wouldn't have to go that far. It'll be going more towards the meringue. So all you want is a couple, say like um, bathtub bubbles, almost to that kind of, you want the still to be able to pick it up and kind of wobble it. Okay. All all the egg whites are going to do, you don't even need them, but the egg whites are going to make it lighter. It's going to give it the lightness. Um, in the, to the texture so if you whisk them up too much you'll get much more of a kind of meringue more dense texture if you whisk them up too much so basically just until they're soft peaks and they're kind of falling by themselves so you put it over your head I, I wouldn't even try it I, I don't even I've ever tried it not even in the kitchen um, but definitely just just soft peaks and the egg whites some people might say oh that's raw egg and that but does the heat from the chocolate counteract um, that? The, the heat from the chocolate would counteract that. Um, it wouldn't really be much of an issue. Um, it be more the, the yolks would be, you know, the, the more of the dangerous part. Okay. Prote- the proteins in the egg whites will be fine. If you are, if you're not sure, what you can do is, if you want to, this it's called an Italian meringue, whereby you boil up some sugar and a little bit of water, and then while it's still at boiling point, you you whisk that very quickly into your egg whites, and that'll cook your egg whites but not render them like a fried egg and you can slowly whisk that in and that'll cook out your egg whites if you're if you're a little bit more conscious say if you're pregnant and like that and you don't want to take the risk that's okay. something you could do I can put that on the website as well perfect and which you're going to put it up on the Facebook page which yeah. is I have uh, the, the Hearts uh, Baron Grill Facebook page um, just literally dot facebook.com forward slash Hearts Baron Grill or you can find us on Twitter as well at, heart, at Hearts underscore Kildare or you can find my own Twitter, which is uh, Barry at Hearts. Um, and I'll have them up on both. And there'll be a, a few other recipes as well there leading up to Valentine's, uh, up the week up to it, just to help, especially help the lads out. Uh, with, a bit, with a bit of cooking, make sure they get a foolproof knife and night over if they can. Brilliant. Barry, two fantastic recipes. Good luck to anybody out there that's going to to give them a lash. And uh, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you too, and I hope you're, you're treated to a wonderful night. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. to the best possible taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break we delved into the archives and thanks to Chef Barry Liscombe from Hearts Gastro Pub in Kildare will be able to whip up a romantic dinner for this Friday night to celebrate Valentine's Day. And another option for staying in this night is the Be My Vegan Time dining experience available from Happy Food at Home and that's a plant-based two-course meal for two created lovingly by Kira Brennan and all the details are on the Happy Food at Home Facebook page. But if staying in and cooking isn't your thing this Valentine's Day, earlier on in the show we met Patricia Roberts in One Perry Square where there will be a lovely afternoon tea taking place.
If you're just tuning in, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now, before we go tonight, I'd like you to meet a very special little guest who is going to be my Valentine this Friday. What's your name? Mikey Noonan. Mikey Noonan. And what age are you, Mikey Noonan? Seven. And are you going to be my Valentine? Yeah. Are you? Have you a little poem for me? Yeah. Okay, what's it called? My mother's chocolate valentine. Valentine's. Okay, off you go. My mother's chocolate Valentine. I bought a box of chocolate hearts, a present for my mother. They look so good. I tasted one and then I tried another. They both were so delicious that I ate another four and then another couple and then half a dozen more. I couldn't seem to stop myself. I nibbled on and on before I knew what happened all the chocolate hearts were gone i felt a little guilty i was stuffed down to my socks i ate my mother's valentine i hope she likes the box happy valentine's mommy are you going to be my valentine mikey yeah i love you I love you too. Thanks to my little Mikey Noonan for that. And I'll be back next week. So until then, happy Valentine's Day for this Friday. And whoever you celebrate with. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit.